Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. My name is Adam Beck. I'm your host of the Chronicles, and my day job is Executive Director at the Smart Cities Council here in the Australia and New Zealand region. Excited about this episode of the podcast because this is officially the first time uh, we've actually interviewed a civic official, and joining me for this session today is Mayor Cal Asfor from Canterbury Bankstown. Welcome. Mr. Mayor. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. No, pleasure. Um, uh, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to start with uh, you sharing a little bit of a bio for the city. We have listeners scattered all over the world. Um, can you start by giving us uh, a, a little bit of a sense of uh, where, uh, where Canterbury-Bankstown is, what it's like, what people love about it? Give us that sales pitch to kick off with. Sure. Um, well, we're the largest council in, in the state of New South Wales um, with over 360,000 residents. We're a very uh, multicultural city with um, many different languages spoken, many different faiths practised. We, uh, we do house the second largest amount of businesses in, in Sydney. Um, you know, we're the eighth largest uh, economy in Australia. So, uh, you know, we, we have a significant manufacturing industry as well which I think provides a great deal of opportunity for technology to make improvements. So we're, we're really a cosmopolitan, diverse um, uh, city that uh, has a lot, a lot of potential. And um, that's, a, that's a big sort of responsibility there. And I must say, um, congratulations last night on getting re-elected by the council as mayor. It must be quite a quite a buzz getting up this morning knowing that you've, uh, you've sort of got this great city to sort of help, help lead and, and shape uh, for the next little while. Yeah, look, it was, it's always a, it's a, it's a humbling experience to be re-elected as mayor of the city. I grew up here. I've lived here all my life. I'm now raising my children here. Um, so I, I love this place and uh, I love leading it. So, um, you know, it's really a, a humbling thing to, to be re-elected. So with that deep connection, can you share with us that moment that, kind of the smart cities thing looked like it was going to be an opportunity for the city you know when was it and 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 what was it that led you to sort of you know yep we're in as a city can, yeah. you, share, can you share that moment maybe yeah I, I, I can um it was a, a few years ago i was i was on a on a trip uh to the united states to to look at smart city concepts and and i really um got to say at that time I knew the word uh, smart city I knew the the I guess I thought I knew what it meant but I, I honestly had no idea so um, I can honestly tell you that um, a few days into that trip uh, where you know I didn't know what IOT was I, I had no idea I'm not a tech person um, I it sort of all clicked and I remember I was at a, a session at the uh, University of Southern California at their uh, Centre for Cyber Physical Systems and IoT. And, um, you know, hearing a lot of information about I3 nodes, IoT, signal processing, um, it sort of all clicked that this was really about solving complex city management problems. And um, once that clicked, I, I thought, you know, well, I'm in a position now to, to lead this and to bring it home and see what we could do to um, to fix some of the, the problems I think we have in cities across the world, but obviously um, in particular uh, the city of Canterbury-Bankstown. So that's when it happened. And, uh, you know, I spent the last few years trying to 
to make some changes to the way we we operate and to see um i guess to see how we could not only make our city smarter but to actually solve real problems in our city the um the the, the journey and the agenda around smart cities is one that is certainly um, diverse and it's it's rapidly changing um, our listeners uh, for their information uh, we had the uh, the benefit of uh, interviewing Patrice Donovan uh, many episodes ago around the early stages of the CB city roadmap which is kind of your your, your vision and blueprint for, for how this agenda is going to sort of play out in the city. Um, we're, we're a number of months into it now. And, the, and for me, the uniqueness of what, uh, what you've done there, Mr. Mayor, compared to some other cities is um, it was like a six month, um, a six month engagement process with the community. Um, I'd love to get an update on that. How has your community responded um what's been the reaction uh can you give us some insights into how your community is resonating with this agenda yeah it was actually more than six months it was it was more just over 12 months and wow and and i think that's important so um you know to to have a community as diverse as ours um maybe a, a little bit low low socioeconomic community in some parts as well um, it was very important that we, uh, as a council, went out there and and made the point that we don't want to leave anyone behind. We we want to uh, make some changes that are going to actually impact your life. And um, I think the community is excited about that. They're excited about um, the potential for, for changes that's going to improve services and, um, in effect, improve their lives. I, I don't think they care so much about how we do it. They just want to see the, the results. Um, there is obviously a concern about data and privacy, and I think that's shared uh, by everyone. So we want to work with everybody uh, in our community to make sure that they're comfortable with what we're doing. Um, the councillors are supportive uh, of what, uh, I guess, the, the roadmap, and we're hoping to adopt it uh, next Tuesday night, so in a couple of days. And, and, you know, I think it's important as well that the councillors have had a chance now to go on a smart city immersion tour uh, to the United States a few months back. So they're all sort of speaking the language now and understanding what the potential benefits could be. So, um, you know, at a council level, finding efficiencies in the organisation is great, but also um, those efficiencies leading to making people's lives uh, easier, better, safer um, is also important. Um, helping us make decisions with, with the uh, right data I think is is critical as well. So really happy with the roadmap, really happy with the consultation and community engagement uh, for, for a long period of time. But but I think that's what, um, you know, setting the foundations for some, something so important, you need to do that. Um, you shouldn't rush into these things. You should uh, really work hard to get it right. So I think, and I'm hoping that's what uh, sets us apart because we've, we've had, you know, over 1,100 conversations. We've had... Um, different uh, consultations with different parts of the community. We've had hackathons. Uh, we've spoken to our youth. We've had uh, future street activation where we set up, you know, what a future street could look like um, and people right next to the train station. So people actually got to walk through that and see some of the changes that, that could be coming into the future. So, um, you know, engagement, community engagement isn't just a ticker box exercise. It really, you need to go in there and you need to dig deep 
to hear what the community's got to say. You need to bring them on that journey along with you. Those issues, um, those issues around, you know, in, in inclusion and diversity and equity, your, um, your roadmap clearly points to those issues. It actually calls out specifically the issue around digital equity, this idea of not leaving anyone behind. Can we, can we dig into that a little bit further? Can you give us some, some insights around the diversity within the community, some of the issues that you know are important that, that there needs to be, yeah. you know, services provided? How, how is that intersection, you know, that idea that, that smart cities for you as a city can be an agenda uh, that doesn't leave anyone behind? You know, that all voices are represented. Tell us a little bit more about that. So, um, you know, I don't want and I don't see a future where you've got uh, a number of sort of, uh, you know, half the population sort of understanding the tech changes that are happening um, and half the community not being able to afford to. Um, as I said earlier, we, 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 have a, we have some parts of our city that are um, lower socioeconomic um, status than, I guess, the average. And, you know, we have a lot of families in our city that still can't afford um, to have 4G on their on their smartphones, um, let alone having a smartphone. We have a lot of in our community that um, don't have, um, you know, fast connection uh, at their home. So it's important for me to make sure that they are also coming along for the journey. They are also going to be able to, to see and have a better experience um, in their lives. So, you know, that's what, in my mind, digital equity means it's it's a term where we want everybody to to rise up. We don't want um, just people that can afford it. So that's what that's what it means to me. It also talks about you know makes you think about how we as a community um, need to obviously um, you know adapt to the changing world. And you can't have some people or some parts of the community um, you know realizing that or adapting that in a, in a quicker sense. So it really is important that we, as a, as a local government, govern for all. Um, and that's what, um, you know, and equitably. So that's, that's what I'm really focusing on. That's what the roadmap focuses on. We don't just want to do things to, to advantage certain people. We want everybody to um, flourish in what the future can bring. So, um, you know, it should be equality in the way that we, I guess we make change in the way that we change our services and and you know sort of sort of bringing a culture changing the culture of, of our organization but also the mindset of members of our community to to be innovative to um, you know engage not only with us but with with the university or with business so that we can all come together and and make this work collaborations pretty important in this process as well. Uh, Mr. Mayor, let's sort of, um, uh, let's leverage off that idea of of, of sort of equity and collaboration for a a moment. Um, I I continue to struggle with kind of like the facts that are on the table, at least here in Australia. Um, You know, local government in Australia is is closest to the community. Uh, It understands the community best. Uh, we have a community that um, 
is more well-informed, it's demanding better services, yet local government still only gets, you know, 3.8, maybe at best 4% of sort of all taxable, you know, sort of income in Australia. I mean, the challenge uh, to to fund and invest in in these services and infrastructure and solutions can, must continue to still be a challenge. Is there any... Is there anything in sight that gives you optimism that, um, you know, some some more equitable distribution of investment and cash and capital is going to be able to really help you sort of kick some of these goals? What's the what, what's sort of your thinking there about how you sort of win this win this sort of opportunity? So you know, as I was saying, we're you know we got to make sure that we don't create a digital divide, um, but. I guess the problem with dealing with federal and state governments is that, um, you know, it's, it's something that's very hard to measure. Digital equity is difficult to measure. Um, but I think it's important that um, both federal and state governments in this country uh, understand the, the benefits of smart cities. And, you know, the load isn't left for local government to carry. Because as you said, um, we, we don't raise as much taxes as federal and certainly uh, state governments do. Uh, the research shows that you need uh, $100 million invested, injected into the economy over um, over five continuous years. And I'm really, you know, um, hoping that the government, the federal government, sees sense to continue their program because at the moment they haven't invested in, in what is needed so we can see the benefits, so we can see the changes that can be made. And, you know, there's always conversation about how slow government is to react well, this is an opportunity for them to, to get ahead of the game. And I think, you know, by by looking at this year's budget and seeing that there's, you know, no money for the Smart Cities and Suburbs program is quite disappointing, quite disappointing when there's a lot of money being spent on, um, you know, commuter car parks and the like. So I think the federal government really needs to, um, you know, believe in this and not just uh, use it as a sort of a token um, avenue to distribute grants to local government so they can carry the load. I think I think state government also needs to look at how it could better it could better uh, engage with with the residents because at the moment it's just a, a small office I think in in the Department of uh, Innovation so uh, or an, the Office of Innovation in in the Department of Industry so I think. Federal and state governments need to do a lot more. I think they need to invest uh, a lot more because really the, the future is how, how are we going to solve problems in the cities when, when we have the majority of our population living in the cities in this country, we have the same issues that we talk about, whether it's waste, whether it's congestion and traffic, um, you know, all these things uh, need solutions and, and tech provides us an opportunity to do that. But if there's no investment by by the major, I guess, uh, tax collector in this country, the federal government, then local government won't be able to carry the burden, and we'll we'll get to a point where um, we'll be, you know, on the edge of the cliff, and not being able to deliver what we need for our communities. So, um, I talk, I spoke about collaboration, and this is the perfect example. Federal, state, and local government need to collaborate to make sure that they can provide these solutions and work together to do that. And that can only be done with the federal government, um, you know, putting some funding in the budget 
Um, so, so not only councils and state government, but all of us together can can collaborate to find these uh, solutions. So, I know that there's so many projects out there that councils want to do, that councils want to try and and um, you know implement, but they just don't have the funding. And unless the federal government comes to the table, um, you know these these projects will never see the light of day. Which means um, the benefits. Uh, won't be realised by the community. I think uh, I think those comments are going to uh, re resonate with many of our listeners, and indeed, the Smart Cities Council is uh, is a very strong and vocal advocate for our our national government to to play a, a fundamental role in helping to catalyse through investment and funding uh, th these opportunities. We're seeing it certainly in other nations around the world, and um, two, two two years is a very short period of time. Um, certainly um, at least another five years uh, needs to be uh, sort of the, the minimum sort of purview in which we, we look to sort of stimulate these opportunities. So um, you've got a number of uh, certainly supporters there, uh, Mr. Mayor. Um, the, just on that issue nationally, um, I, I, get to, I get to talk to a lot of, uh, you know, local authority uh, representatives. Um, there's a number of conversations that are kind of happening at a local government level, not necessarily being coordinated in any way nationally. And data seems to be one of those as data rises to be sort of a, a, a core opportunity to create value. Um, it's, it seems to be that many cities are kind of on their own. There's, there's a bit of a vacuum around policy and, and sort of national standards. Um, on that data piece, uh, which is talked up a lot, you know, data being the new oil, um, what, what is your views on, on how Canterbury-Bankstown is going to potentially sort of unlock the value of data? How does, how does that potentially become an opportunity to, to make better decisions, prioritise action and investment? Can you share with us uh, you, the, the lens which, which you look through in terms of data? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about open data. The more data we have out there in data sets that people can understand and read, um, you know, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I'm unveiling my Merrill dashboard, um, which will have a range of core data sets. It'll, it'll um, grow, hopefully, over time with the, the more data sets we could uh, put on the dashboard. But, you know, it's important for a number of reasons. Increasing transparency and accountability is is important, and you know I think I think critically it's how we're going to be making decisions in the future. Um, you know, informed decisions, and and that's why, um, which means that we'll be able to spend council's money um, efficiently and effectively across the city. So, if you want to unlock economic prosperity, you need to have the right data to do that. At the moment, here at Canterbury Bankstown, we have plenty of data. Just no one knows where it is, no one knows how to how to mine it, and no one knows how to then uh, put it in a in a format where we could leverage um, off it. And I think that's where there needs to be some some investment. Um, you know, I think with the data though, that you know, if we can do that, if we can invest in that, and show government that we've got these data sets and we can tell them, you know, with, with hundred percent certainty that this is, you know, what we're doing or this is, you know, how it's happening. Then 
it allows um, some collaboration. So, uh, you know, I really do think that there are councils, unfortunately, uh, more, more, I guess, ahead in, in this space than others. But, but if we had federal and state government working together on this, we'd be able to, to have a unified data approach across the country, which would get everybody um, on, on the same level and being able to, to really see uh, where they need to invest and, and how they need to invest. So, um, you know, we're, we're working on, on a central data lake at the moment. And um, I really want to see, look, I've, I've seen it in the, in, the, in the states where they have endless amounts of data sets and, and the amount of, um, I guess, efficiencies they've made is, is just, you know, immeasurable because they keep uh, creating these data sets, the community gets to see them and they get to make decisions based on, on the real, th not on hearsay, not on this is the way we've done it for 20 years, so let's keep doing it this way. Um, but on real um, facts, on real data. So again, uh, with with the intention of all this, it's to get the community, um, get the money spent wisely to benefit the community. So, you know, I'm more passionate about open data. I really think that, you know, in the future, we're going to have councils and governments employing um, data scientists to be able to get this data, put it in, in the right format. So not only, you know, the council or the government um, um, you know, department managers can know um, where where what's happening, um, but also so the community can benefit because that's the whole the whole point in this. So, um, really passionate. I want I want more of it. I think we're the only or we're the second council to put up a mayoral dashboard um, in Australia, which which will be up in a couple of in a, in a week or so. Um, but if you, for example, if you went to the states, I think nearly every mayor in every council in America has a mayoral dashboard and have had and has had it for a number of number of years and, and they're leveraging off that. Um, you know, they're they're making their processes better. They're um, making decisions based on 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 facts and, and real time data, not on um, hearsay. And and I think that's important for the community to have faith that you're making decisions based on on real real data. On that issue of faith, Mr. Mayor, and and trust, and and you use the word passion in there as well, uh, I can't help but think that the, the team behind you, the, the 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 staff that are helping sort of create and realise the roadmap, that's obviously you know a, a fundamental part of this. I, I get the opportunity from time to time to interact with some of your staff, you know, like James Carey and Patrice Donovan, on these folks have always got a smile on their face. They're very passionate about it. Can you, can you sort of lift the lid a little bit internally about how you're making sure that you keep the, the fire stoked around this agenda, how you, you're keeping your staff excited? What's, and what's your role in that? So uh, I'd like to think uh, my role is, is leading this journey. I think if you don't have the, um, the leadership and the political leadership um, engaged in this and, um, you know, really supportive of, of taking this this path, then uh, it's very hard for a council officer anywhere to be able to make headway if a the the political leadership isn't 100% behind them um, to be able to go and explore and 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 find better ways to do things because um, you know I want our council to to be remembered as the council that got it right. We're not out there just buying uh, shiny toys. We're not out there just buying whatever just comes on the market from 
from uh, one of these big uh, players, uh, you know, internationally. We're really looking, and I think this is what what binds the political leadership to to the council uh, officers and the council management, and that is that we're both on the same page when we're looking at putting people at the heart of our smart city approach. Where we're not doing this just to, you know, get a boost in economy, or we're not doing this just to win awards. It's it's not about that. It's about really taking a holistic approach to improve every area uh, in our council operation, in our services, in our delivery of services, to benefit uh, the end user, that is our our residents. And um, you know, I'm I'm really passionate about that. And what what I guess helps stoke stoke those fires. Around uh, around the council offices or the council building is having people on the same page, understanding why we're here. Um, we're here to to serve our community, and um, you know I just think we know that that using technology and connectivity and data is an enabler for us to do that better. Mm. Um, so so we're we're helping. Um, you know I know that we're giving up our time to develop smart city standards for Australia. I'm really happy that we're trying to bring, um, you know, state and federal governments together to, to investigate new ways of doing things. And, you know, it's not only for our benefit. This is, this is another critical point. It's for everyone's benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really, really, um, really happy that the, the sort of the, the thinking has shifted from, working in silos. So every council, you know, doing the same thing, repeating the same thing uh, in their own little silo. I think those days are over. Mm. Uh, We need to share our learnings. We need to tell everyone that, you know, we failed if we failed. And we need to tell everyone, um, you know, what we did to get it right. And I think that's important. And if if that mindset can change across the country, then uh, we'll all be the better for it. So, um, you know, I think lifting the standard and the conversation and the actions across government, not just local government, but federal and state, is critical to making sure that, um, you know, we're, we're working to get it right for the benefit of our community. I certainly wouldn't disagree with, with any of that. I, uh, I, I love that. Um, uh, probably just a couple of final questions now, Mr. Mayor, before we wrap up. Um, more of a personal one, maybe. What are you really looking forward to over the next 12 months? I'm looking forward to um, adopting the uh, Smart City Roadmap um, next Tuesday night and then, um, you know, working off the key values that we've, uh, we've sort of put in there and beginning to implement some of those, um, I guess, paths that we're looking to take um, internally and externally and making sure that we could potentially, um, you know, make a change to people's lives. One of those projects, which I'm really, really happy about, is the Closing the Loop project, which is, you know, um, we were given a million, $1 million grant from the government through, through that program. Um, we want to make some changes with the way we do our waste. Um, you know, it, it really is one of the most important services that we offer our community. We, we have a lot of, I guess, um, you know, expenditure that goes, that goes on waste and whether it's our garbage trucks, whether it's um, getting rid of uh, or, you know, picking up everyone's rubbish every, every week. Um, 
you know, 20% of our budget goes, or of expenditure goes on waste. Wow. Um, and 30% of the inquiries we get, so the, you know, the emails and the phone calls we get from our residents, a third of them are related to waste. And whether it's we've missed their bin or the garbage truck couldn't get to their bin, I think it's critical that we, um, you know, look at how we could offer the service better. And, and we're going to be using, obviously, um, different ways to do that. I think um, a, number, a number of those things, which, you know, the, the million-dollar grant from the government's great, but we're also putting, um, you know, a million dollars in as well um, from, from the council to, to use analytics to detect uh, bin contamination, know when bins have been missed before the resident does. Mm. Um, you know, instead of us getting a phone call, um, you know, in, in the mid-morning telling us that you, we've missed your bin, um, we, we, we hope we get to a level where we'd be sending the resident a message, a text message maybe, saying, well, we've missed your bin, we'll be back to get it, um, you know, tomorrow or in a couple of hours or whatever. So I think it's important that, um, you know, we can upgrade our, our, ex, our residents' access to information. We can use that data to maybe um, have more efficient waste collection routes. We can um, report incidents in real time. and I think it's important that if we were to do that and, you know, potentially even use our garbage trucks to detect um, where we need some road maintenance um, in the future, I mean, that, that's just going to be not only saving us money, right, which, which is great, but also delivering a better service and reinvesting that money in other services um, that our council offers, uh, offers our residents. So um, what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to adopting the roadmap and, and seeing this, this big project of ours, um, you know, that's going to make a change to people's lives, um, you know, enacted and, and sort of enabled throughout, throughout the city over the next 12 months. Um, you know, it's really exciting. Well, that's certainly one that I think a number of us are going to find exciting and we'll, we'll keep a watching brief on, on that case study indeed. Um, my last question, Mr. Mayor, and this could potentially be a career-limiting move for me. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, a question I'd like to ask you is, um, who do you have a city crush on? Which city anywhere in the world do you have a crush on? Well, I've got to tell you, so I've been on, I've been on a number of uh, trips to the United States. Um, I haven't um, looked at smart city um, councils in, in Europe. And, and I've been to Canada as well. And I've got to say, um, you know, I guess the one I have a crush on at the moment is Toronto mm -hmm. um, and the way that they're sort of re reshaping their city and the way that their council's operating. Um, yeah, so I think the way that they're doing things is very closely aligned to the way um, Kennedy Bankstown wants to, wants to do smart city things uh, into the future. Um, not to say that you know other cities in the in the states aren't doing great work. They, of they course sure not. are. That's but, right. <laughs> but I think I think at the moment uh, from from uh, my conversations and, and getting to see some of the I guess um, you know some of the things firsthand, the city of Toronto is um, something that you know if we can get to uh, where they're at, and um, you know we'll be we'll be going in, going ahead in the in the right direction. Well, thank you for for answering that and taking on that challenge. Uh, I'm I'm conscious of time. Um, Mayor Callas for from City of Canterbury Bankstown. Thanks so much for joining us on the Smart City Chronicles today. 
it was great, Adam. Thank you for the time. And for our listeners that aren't subscribing to the Smart Cities Chronicles, you can do so through your favourite podcast platform. Uh, we've now got over 50 episodes there, really focusing in on Smart Cities action, investment and outcomes. As I mentioned at the beginning of, uh, of this episode, um, this is a milestone for us having our first civic official join us. So uh, uh, Mayor Carl Asfel from City of Canterbury-Bankstown, uh, one of Australia's most dynamic and diverse uh, cities that are at a really exciting part of, of their journey and uh, looking forward to hearing the outcomes of some of those amazing products. Uh, we also um, uh, would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at any time, uh, smartcitieschronicles at anz.smartcitiescouncil.com and also our website, chronicles.com. That's been another episode of the Smart Cities Chronicles. We look forward to speaking to you again soon.